Welcome to the Anglican Church of the Good Shepherd, Pelham, Alabama podcast. Heavenly Father, we thank you that you provide the witness of Holy Scripture so that we too may believe. May we, Lord, take the commissioning that you have given us, that you first gave to your apostles, the disciples, and go forth from this place in this building out into the mission field to serve you and to glorify your name. Through Jesus Christ's name we pray. Amen. Amen. Please be seated. If you love someone, then you trust them, right? I mean, if you truly love someone, then you, you place your trust in them. And if you trust someone, then you'd follow them. After all, you wouldn't follow someone you didn't trust. And so likewise, if you trust someone, you love them, then you're going to follow them. And if you're going to follow after someone, then you're going to walk with them. I want to talk about the Christian walk today. I want to talk about how we are called to live in this life after receiving the new life that Christ has given us through the power of His resurrection, which we celebrate in this Eastertide. For Easter is not over with. Did you know that? Easter is not over with. Easter has just begun. We celebrate over the next few weeks the joyous occasion of Christ is risen. He is and ever shall be. Christ is risen. And that's what we celebrate. And we celebrate this in a context far more joyous than those first disciples who gathered together in that upper room, who gathered together huddled, still scared, And it says in John's Gospel, for fear of the Jews. They too were Jews, let us not forget. But they're fearful for the same crowd that only a few days earlier had yelled out, crucify him, crucify him. The same group of religious leaders who turned over our Lord to Pontius Pilate to be executed. They sit in fear. And yet despite fear, Jesus comes and stands among them. And he says, peace be with you. In the midst of fear, our Lord tells him, Peace be with you. Now, we like to pick on doubting Thomas, and this is not going to be one of those sermons about Thomas. But we like to pick on him because we say, like, Oh, he said he wouldn't believe unless he saw the wounds. But what is it that our Lord does to the disciples when he first appears? When Thomas is not there, he shows his wounds. All the disciples witness the wounds of Christ and believe. We just like to pick on Thomas because he wasn't there. And then St. John continues with, and then Thomas was not there and said, I will not believe unless I see for myself. Unless I see what you saw, I will not believe. And then it says, eight days later. Eight days later. Important because the eighth day is the day of new creation. The eighth day is celebrating Sunday, today. Today is the eighth day, the day of new creation, the day in which Christ is risen. Christ is risen. And we are given the promise, the down payment, that we too shall rise from the dead. That death in this life is no longer permanent because of what Christ has done for us. We'll get back to the gospel lesson in just a moment. But I want us to turn now to Acts Because these same disciples, now apostles, transformed from where we saw them once in a room, hidden, so scared of what was going to happen next. And in Acts, we hear Peter, Simon Peter, the very one 
who three times denied his Lord, but now has been emboldened as a witness, as an apostle. And what does he say in Acts chapter 3, beginning in verse 12? When Peter saw it, he addressed the people. He addressed this great crowd, the Jewish people, the same ones they were afraid of in the Gospel of St. John. Men of Israel, why do you wonder at this? Or why do you stare at us as though by our own power or piety we made him walk? For what had happened only a moment before is that someone who could not walk was made whole, could walk, was healed by the power of Jesus Christ. Verse 13, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, the God of Jacob, the God of our fathers glorified his servant Jesus, whom you delivered over and denied in the presence of Pilate when he decided to release him. But you denied the holy and the righteous one. You asked for a murderer to be granted to you, Barabbas. And you killed the author of life, whom God raised from the dead. To this we are witnesses. To this we are witnesses. What a bold Peter we have here. So bold and and willing to call out a crowd that could also yell out, crucify him, crucify him. <laughs> but we see this boldness because Peter and the others have seen the risen Christ. Their lives have been changed. They no longer are who they once were. They're not the same ones who fled. They're at the Garden of Gethsemane. They're not the same ones who couldn't even stay awake. For one watch as our Lord prayed and poured out blood, sweat, before his crucifixion. They are not the same because they encountered Jesus Christ, living, risen from the dead. Jesus, the author of life, as St. Peter proclaims. And then Peter continues. And what does he say? And now, brothers, I know that you acted in ignorance, as did your rulers. But what God foretold by the mouth of all the prophets, that his Christ would suffer, he thus fulfilled. Repent, therefore, and turn back, that your sins may be blotted out that times of refreshing may come from the presence of the Lord, and that He may send the Christ appointed for you, Jesus, whom heaven must receive until the time for restoring all things, about which God spoke by the mouth of His holy prophets long ago. For Peter, indeed for all of Christianity, it goes back to the Old Testament. All that was ever promised has come true. And in the second coming, in the Advent, all that is untrue shall be made true. All that has been wronged has been made right. We look forward to that day, but we have the answer to the promised Messiah here and now. We have a taste of what is to come through the resurrection of Christ, through the sharing of the Holy Communion. But let's continue in verse 22. Moses said, The Lord God will raise up for you a prophet like me from your brothers. You shall listen to him in whatever he tells you. And it shall be that every soul who does not listen to that prophet shall be destroyed from the people. And all the prophets who have spoken from Samuel to those who came after him also proclaimed these days. You are the sons of the prophets and the covenant of God made with your fathers, saying to Abraham, In your offspring shall all the families of the earth be blessed. God, having raised up his servant, that is Jesus, sent him to you first to bless you by turning every one of you from your wickedness. So Peter, Peter is bringing to mind to the people of Israel, this is in fulfillment of all the Old Testament prophets. This is why we read the Old Testament, to see the prefiguring and the accomplishment in the New Testament. 
For St. Peter, if you don't have the Old Testament, then you cannot understand what is happening here and now. And not only that, but this new covenant that God has given us, that Christ has fulfilled, is including the Gentiles. That's why he references Father Abraham and talks about in that offspring, that singular offspring who is Jesus Christ, shall all the families of the earth be blessed. That's why we Gentiles are now included into the covenant. Thanks be to God. Peter ties it all back to the beginning. And if you've been with us for the past several weeks, for the past six months, then you're starting to pick up, these are all the readings we've had on Sunday morning. And Peter ties them together wonderfully to point back to the promise of Abraham as being fulfilled by the promise of Christ who has come in the flesh, died in the flesh, and risen from the grave in the flesh. So the question that we need to ask ourselves is where do we believers who trust in Jesus Christ We trust in Him for paying for our own sins, for dying for our sins, for saying upon the cross, it is finished. Where do we now place our trust in our faith? Where do we now put our promise of the new life that's being given to us? How do we live the new life given to us by the Holy Spirit on this side of Easter, on this side of the resurrection? For St. Paul has several things to tell us. He tells us in Romans, Do not present yourselves, do not present your members to sin. Do not present yourselves as members of unrighteousness, but present yourselves to God as those who have been brought from death to life, as though you've already been brought from death to life, because truly you have. Once in our hearts we could not love, but now we can because we've been given a new heart, a new spirit, the Holy Spirit. St. Paul continues, Your members... Present them to God as instruments for righteousness. Think about that picture. Instruments of righteousness. As cymbals, as trombones, as trumpets, as drums. We are now to be a symphony played by God for righteousness. We are instruments of righteousness. If you don't think musically, then we can also be thought of as instruments, as a written instrument in which God is using us as His pen to write out acts of righteousness, to bring new life to those who have no life in them. St. Paul continues, For sin will have no dominion over you, since you're not under the law, but you're under grace. Do you believe that, Christian? You're not under the law anymore, but you're under grace, not to live as slaves to the law, as slaves to sin, which you once were, but now to live as slaves of righteousness. St. Paul tells us in another place, Though your power be weak, yet Christ is risen again to strengthen you in your battle. For the Spirit helps us in our weakness. The Spirit helps us in our weakness. So in trust of His mercy, in faith in His promises, let us now take in hand to Cleanse out the old leaven, as St. Paul says, so that we may be made a new lump. So we are unleavened. For Christ, our Passover lamb, has been sacrificed. So let us therefore celebrate the festival, not with the old leaven, the leaven of malice, of evil, of the old Adam, but instead, Paul says, but with the unleavened bread of sincerity and truth. So in other words, St. Paul is calling us to follow our master. 
And if we truly have a master, if we don't just simply say it with our lips, if we truly have a master, then we'll follow our master where he commands us to go. As St. John tells us in his first epistle, he's directing us here. He's directing us to what does it mean to trust someone. And we're going to be engaged in a sermon series, touching a little bit of Acts and touching mostly 1 John. What does it mean to trust someone, to love someone? Does it naturally entail that you follow them? I think yes, it does, if you trust them and if you love them. Let's hear the word of the Lord from 1 John. Everyone who believes that Jesus is the Christ, everyone who believes that Jesus is the Messiah, has been born of God. You're born again. And everyone who loves the Father loves whoever has been born of Him. So you love your brothers and sisters. By this we know that we love the children of God when we love God and obey His commandments. For this is the love of God, that we keep His commandments, and His commandments are not burdensome. Listen to the comfortable words. When we get to them in the service, listen to the comfortable words. His commandments are not burdensome. For everyone who has been born of God overcomes the world. Overcomes the world. Do you believe that? I know you don't feel it on a daily basis. But believe it, Christian, for it is the truth that Christ has accomplished for us. That he has overcome the world. And therefore, being united to him, we have overcome the world. And this is the victory that has overcome the world. Our faith trust our faith and our trust which means that we walk after the one who has paved the way to victory who is it that has overcome the world except the one who believes that Jesus is the son of God Christians if we love Jesus if we truly love Jesus then we will go forth and walk in his commandments Listen to the words of the ancient homily. As Christ undoubtedly affirms that true faith, true faith, bring forth good works, so does he also likewise say of charity, which we often call love. Whosoever has my commandments and keeps them, that is he that loves me. It's a homily from one of our Anglican forebears, quoting from the Gospel of John. The very words of Christ saying that whoever loves me will keep my commandments. Christian, do you love your Lord? Do you really and truly love him? It's a question that Jesus famously asked Peter three times. Peter denying Christ three times before his crucifixion. Jesus restoring him by asking him the same question three times. Asking, do you love me? I won't get into the Greek. There's actually nuance as to the type of love that Christ is stressing. It's important, but that's not the topic for today. The point I make is three times Christ asks Peter, does he love him? And each time Peter says, yes, you know, of course I love you. And it grieves Peter. Peter knows what's going on. Peter hears the dagger of each time because he has denied his Christ each time. But Christ is risen and Christ brings forgiveness and he restores St. Peter. The same St. Peter who boldly preaches Christ crucified before the same people who had crucified his Lord. And what does Jesus say each time Peter says that he loves him? He doesn't rebuke him. He doesn't say, no, you don't. He doesn't say you have a fallen nature. He doesn't say you have a heart that can't love me. Instead, the promises are being achieved that Christ is giving him a fleshy heart. And instead, he commands Peter 
He commands Peter. Peter says, I do love you. Feed my lambs. I do love you, Lord. Tend my sheep. Yes, Lord, you know that I love you. And Peter is grieved to the heart, the scripture says. Feed my lambs. The Lord gives this command to Peter. Twice of feed my lambs. Once of tend my sheep. And so what should we learn from this? Let us remember that the disciples, now his messengers, now his apostles, now his witnesses, are commanded to go forth and to make new disciples. And we too have been commissioned by our Lord to make new disciples. Dear flock of Christ, the time has come for our parish to mature and to take hold of what Christ has given to us. Christ has overcome the world and we are called to overcome it through Him. For in 1 John 3, 9, no one born of God makes a practice of sinning for God's seed abides in Him and that seed is the Holy Spirit. And He cannot keep on sinning because He's been born of God. You've been born again. In 1 John 4, 4, what does he say? Little children, you are from God and you have overcome them. For he who is in you is greater than he who is in the world. For Christ lives within us. And in the Gospel of John, chapter 16, what does our Lord say? I have said these things to you, that in me you may have peace. In the world you will have tribulation. But take heart, I have overcome the world. That theme of overcoming the world, overcoming sin, overcoming our flesh, overcoming Satan himself. Christians, flock of the Good Shepherd, we need to dive into the Word of God. We need to be transformed by it. We need to live it. It's why we have Bible study at 9 a.m. on Sundays. We need to understand what we believe and what it means to be a believer and be emboldened like St. Peter to share the gospel when God gives us the opportunity. It's why we're starting a class on mere Christianity, learning the fundamentals of the faith tomorrow. We need to learn what it means to obey Christ's commandments and to seek holiness, to live in a sanctified manner. This is why we read Bishop Ra's book on holiness at the Men's Fellowship. Friends, you don't get to be washed by the blood and not changed by the blood. You don't get to be washed by the blood of the Lamb and not changed by the blood of the Lamb. And Christ taught on Monday, Thursday, the night before His crucifixion, before He walks into the Garden of Gethsemane to pray, to be handed over, He taught them a new commandment, to love one another. To love one another. He washes the feet of the disciples. Son of Man coming to serve us. Coming to serve us. How can we love one another? How can we make disciples in North Shelby County, in the Jefferson County area, to all the ends of the earth? That's the question we should be asking ourselves. This is why we're celebrating our parish and we're doing outreach by feeding our neighbors on Good Shepherd Sunday on April 25th in just two Sundays. Next Sunday, and again this week, we're going to canvas local neighborhoods our own neighborhoods, and invite those who need to know Christ to come and break bread with us, Southern style, through grilling out. <laughs> and we're going to do it as an opportunity, an opportunity to feed those who are truly need by also hosting a food drive as well. But church, I can't do it alone. The vestry can't do it alone people of God 
are never alone. Christ is with us, and each one of us is a member of the body of Christ with a time, a talent, a treasure that we can give over. Let us join hands. Let us find opportunities. Not only these opportunities, but find an area where ministry is in need and fill in the gap. Come up with something new. We need small group leaders, volunteers that take collected donations each Sunday. We need bold witnesses to lead the sheep of the Good Shepherd. Because this church is not to be a a one-hour affair on Sunday's mornings. It's dedicated to the mission that Christ Jesus, the author of life, has given us. The same mission he gave his apostles long ago to go and make disciples. Not converts, not just converts, but to go and make disciples. So when we look to the example of the earliest Christians who sat at the apostles' feet, what do we find? Listen with me to the words of Justin Martyr on the early church. Quote, it provides for the orphans and widows, those who are in need on account of sickness or some other cause, those who are in bonds, strangers who are sojourning, and in a word, he becomes the protector of all who are in need. That's living life in the new life. That's living life in response to what Christ has done for us. That's living life in response to being justified by faith. Indeed, even the pagan Roman writers, they observed that the early Christians, quote, they feed not only their own poor, but ours as well. They were amazed at the love and the reaction of these common people, often of the low life, lower social class, excuse me, classes, acting so differently and caring, not for themselves, but for others, because they had a burning desire to spread the light of the world. If we claim to be followers of Christ, then we must engage in the walk, because the way, the truth, and the life is Jesus Christ. He provides the way. He is the truth, and He gives us new life. May we walk in that way. May we cling in faith to Him, the truth, and may we have His new life. Amen. Thank you again for joining us on the Anglican Church of the Good Shepherd, Pelham, Alabama podcast. We hope that you'd visit us in person. We have Sunday worship uh, every Sunday at 1030 in the morning. And you can visit us on our website at www.goodshepherdacna.com or visit us on Facebook at Good Shepherd ACNA. Also, if you enjoy the podcast, please like, subscribe, and rate the podcast. It not only makes us feel better, but more importantly, it helps those who are searching for Anglican podcasts find podcasts like this one and other ones that are out there on the web. Thank you, God bless, and have a good one. The Lord be with you, and with thy spirit, lift up your hearts. We lift them up unto the Lord. Let us give thanks unto our Lord God. It is meet and right so to do.